Nervous's World, episode 78, Nerd in the Shell. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And on today's show, we will be catching up from the SFW uh, Weekender. We'll be chatting the new Ghost in the Shell remake and giving you our opinions on that. Uh, Can you guess what our opinions are? I was going to say, <laughs> I was, I was say, be prepared for some surprises, but apparently don't. <laughs> uh, uh, Doctor Who, the new series and new casting rumours. What else have we got? Some other stuff. Oh yeah, I've watched a show called 13 Reasons Why on Netflix and Spindles has watched Master... Mystery Science Theatre 3000! That's the badger. <laughs> so we'll be chatting through those. And, and, whatever, and whatever else we get to. Yeah. Well, let's start with the weekend then. Okay, cool. Because it's been a while since I've seen you because <laughs> it looks like was at the weekend then. It felt a little different for me this year. Me too. I, I I was a lot busier. Yeah. <laughs> and there, was, there was less time for us to actually sit down and actually enjoy anything because we were just kind of doing stuff all weekend. You and Emma were like, yeah. you were doing panels from 5 o'clock Thursday yeah. <laughs> until 5.36 on the Saturday afternoon. Yeah, quite. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we, we really didn't see that much at all, but I mean, we, we, we actually sent Megan off with the video camera for the majority of it, and she filmed all the panels that we couldn't see, yeah. so I, I've yet to watch them yet, but like the, the Chris Barry panel with Professor Elemental, the Torchwood panel, didn't see any of those, no. so Megan's recorded those, so we'll see them. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see any of them myself. Yeah, so... So yeah, I, mean, I, I guess to kind of go through, what, well, obviously those yeah Thursday night we did a panel on LARP, which was great fun. I thoroughly enjoyed doing that one. Uh, though I mean, it wasn't particularly busy, but it was great fun. Um, what else did we do? We had a couple of author panels. Uh, I interviewed Peter Purvis, and that was also it was again not hugely well attended because it was up against Chris Barry. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a great interview, and he's he's such a lovely guy. Uh, and he just he, he's, the stories are amazing. I asked him like barely half the questions that I had prepared for it, and he just had these amazing stories of like his time and on the BBC with Doctor Who and with Blue Peter and with all the other stuff he's done. He's a thoroughly, thoroughly charming guy. Oh, legend. Yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. 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 Absolutely. And then yeah, Emma did a whole bunch of other author interviews in in. Uh, in the Starbucks there and did the main stage Outlander panel which is that's out on the YouTube channel so if yeah. you've not seen that yet go and check that out it was very very well done yeah. what were your highlights of the weekend um, well I've just said how much you didn't get to see <laughs> what you did get to see what um, highlights? I'm trying to think because I, I, as I said I really didn't get to see that much actually sat watching anything that was happening um the Back to the Future puppet show. The, the, yes, I was going to say, yeah, the, the, the puppet show. That, those were phenomenal. Uh, I didn't get to see the second one, the Raiders of the Lost Ark one, uh, which I'm a bit gutted about. So was, was it pop Puppet Theatre, yeah. I think they were called? Uh, I'll, I'll try and dig out some links for the show notes with it. But, yeah, their version of Back to the Future was just utterly hilarious. Yeah, because I'd, I'd, I'd left to head back to the caravan, but mm. I was getting pizza, so I had to wait for the pizza right. so I ended up catching most of that show as well yeah from what I saw it was hilarious uh, irreverent but kindly homage to both the film and time travel in general definitely yeah 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 that was cool um, 
I think the one thing I really saw again was the, the cosplay. Mm. You couldn't really move for seeing cosplay. See, I, I didn't actually see that much of it, to be honest. Oh, there's some really good stuff out there. I mean, uh, Rebecca Dunbar and the rest of the, the crew did the Super Bomber Man. Yes. Super Bomber Man. <laughs> um, and their costumes were absolutely insane. Um, so you did uh, Tiny yeah, Tina. Tiny. But then they also did Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Rick and Morty cosplay, <laughs> her and Dave on. That was on the Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. That was brilliant. I was, and I ended up chaperoning them around most of the time because Dave couldn't see for shit in that mass. He couldn't see anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that cosplay was ex- excellent. Uh, and then there was the usual. The Quantic Knights were there again. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of giant uh, space marines. The Darth Vader space marine was there again. Mm-hmm. The Baymax was there. Baymax won the cosplay competition. Um, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stuff on that I that I didn't see because I'd seen it before, so I was off doing other things. Like uh, I know a lot of people's highlight of the weekend was the dark room, yeah. which I'd seen at EasterCon a couple of years ago. I caught a bit of it, and it was slightly different. So I've seen it twice now. I saw right. it twice at the Games Expo the last couple of years. Really? Do tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, troll way. <laughs> um, I might see it again this year. But Nightmare Lives there, I think. Cool. This year, so I'll see that instead. Um, so yeah, I, I, I ended up going and seeing other things. Um, mind you, I ended up watching things that I'd seen a thousand times before, like sitting and watching The Matrix at two in the morning, which was awesome, but really ill-advised. <laughs> well, watching The Matrix wasn't ill-advised. Drinking a box of wine while yeah. watching The Matrix was particularly ill-advised. So yeah, and then of course we, we recorded a live Nerd vs. World. We did. Which we may or may not get to put out, it depends on, yeah. on, on licensing and background music, because sadly there was some background music while we were recording, and if that turns up on the recording then we might not be able to put it out, so yeah. it would be a bit of a shame, but we'll see. Yeah, and we chatted with Jimmy V and Gareth Lloyd. Yeah, Gareth David Lloyd, so that was, and uh, we had Anne from the, uh, the Brave New, New Worlds podcast. Yeah, and joined us and Rami from Wonky and, and Rami from the Wonky Game. So yeah, it was, it was a hectic mix of people um, with one microphone. Yeah, yeah, not helped by only having one microphone. <laughs> and between all of them, you had to run around in front of the desk <laughs> to pass the mic to people for different questions. It was quite bizarre. Um, yeah, there was some things we wanted to talk about on that on that podcast that we couldn't really talk about because the mix of the guests mm. we had so we couldn't really do our usual stuff of over analysing uh, what was happening at the time let's over analyse things well it was massive because obviously that time Joss Whedon just announced for, for Batgirl yeah so I, I spent most of the weekend preparing the show notes for for that to talk about that and then we had four other guests <laughs> on the show we couldn't really get into it that much we got as far as casting Batgirl, and there's some interesting choices, and it's unfair on everybody else, but I've had time to think about this. Molly Quinn. Mm, yeah. Like, from Castle. Yeah, yeah. She'd be a good Batgirl, I think. I'd, I'd have faith in her. Yeah, I can see that. Um, what I didn't get to say that weekend that I wanted to touch on briefly was a lot of people are saying, great that Joss Whedon's doing it, that's fine. Um, they don't want this Batgirl to dwell too much on the events of the Killing Joke. It's obviously set 
in the new 52 mm-hmm. uh, so it is post Oracle it's mm-hmm. post the shooting um, and I'm part of me is agreeing with them we don't need to see that sort of violence and especially one it's just unnecessary nowadays mm-hmm. everyone knows the story of Barbara Gordon and Batgirl and what happened in The Killing Joke two Killing Joke has been re-released as an animated film last year so it's still fresh people's memories and there's no there's no need for it to be explicitly shown. Mm. However, it's still part of her character, so I think it still needs to be there some, somehow, but not as a flashback. I think Joss Whedon's clever enough and smart enough to be able to work and do some kind of mind work. Even if it's just the Joker laughing mm. at night and waking from sleep, something that ties it to that part of her history but doesn't dwell on it is what's needed. That's the compromise that's needed. Um, Mainly because without, by, by, by doing it that way and not having that scene play out again, you don't have to have Jared Leto as mm. the Joker in this or recast the Joker. Yeah. Which I think they should do anyway. But yeah, that was what I wanted to say at the weekend. Cool. But having that chat with Jimmy V and Gareth Lloyd and everyone, it just didn't seem. <laughs> it, didn't, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think you know, recording that was a highlight of mine for the weekend. Uh, it was. I was nervous as hell all weekend leading up to that, um, and during it, to be honest. Uh, that was a trial by fire. Mm. But, yeah. I think it went extraordinarily yeah. well, so yeah. Yeah, yeah and I was relieved and delighted when it was when it was done, and done the way we did it. But I've been, I've been dining out on that for the last two weeks to be honest <laughs> so yeah so yeah there, there was that and then yeah like I said, it was a, a lot of the, the, the film screenings I went to see Deadpool again and that was rammed utterly rammed to see Deadpool and there was that guy cosplaying Deadpool, Deadpool with his trumpet, trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> and a tuba and as a well tuba. <laughs> basically any instrument someone gave me played to yeah. be fair that was pretty awesome yeah I'm, 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 I'm envious of that musical talent <laughs> doesn't offset the fact that he got really super annoying at times because <laughs> you could hear him from the caravan like I went back to the caravan a couple of times and I could hear that fucking tuba <laughs> just <laughs> echoing over the entire campsite he's like oh great there he is there you go from before you've made a lasting impression on Brendan <laughs> but it, it was a good costume and it was it was like just the musical ability just jealous as fuck but yeah yeah, so I mean, I think you know, I think the program was very varied this year. I think there was a hell of a lot going on, but I think you know, some events suffered because others were a bit too popular. I think so. Everybody kind of piled into one big draw event and then didn't go to another one. So I think that was yeah. yeah. But it, it was good to have the whole site back on Sci-Fi for the weekend. Yeah. So that was really good. He almost didn't know what to do. He almost didn't know what to do with all that extra space. Mm. Um, and I, I did hear from a lot of people they they were they weren't rushing out to buy next year's tickets. Mm. It was a thing they'd have to go and think about because people weren't getting quite what they wanted out of it this year, mm. which is a shame. But we'll see how it goes next year. Indeed, and then we will see how SFW in the city goes. Yeah. So that that's going up in Sheffield. Is that September? I think. Yeah. I think September or October. One or two, and then yeah, so you see how that compares because that's at the O2 Academy in Sheffield, so it's going to be a completely different venue. 
Is it is it two day festival or is it? I think it's two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a very different, a very different beast. I think. Yeah. It's it's not kind of residential on site. And this is the O2. There's what two or three rooms. I, I I've never been in the O2 in Sheffield, so I have no idea. I think most O2 academies have the main academy. Yeah, and then a couple of extra room, rooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no idea. All, all I know is that some of the guests, so they've got James Cosmo there and some Esther McCoy cool. they've announced so far. So, yeah, check that out the, on the website and yeah, see what they've got coming up there. It'll be interesting to see what they do in a very, very different space. Yeah. Cool. Next. Okay. Uh, well, then I guess we'll go with the namesake of the episode and, and talk Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Okay. Um... I wasn't a fan. I thought it dumbed it down massively. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the first, I think it's, it's inside the first five minutes. I think uh, the scientist is at Uble is explaining to the major. She's saying, "Don't worry, your your brain, your your soul, your 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 ghost is still you. You're just inside this this shell." Mm. It's like okay, so. The very literal sort of working of the title because I know that in the anime, in the anime, the the ghost in the shadows is a similar thing. But for me, reading the the anime, reading that text, I I always feel that the ghost is like the nascent AI of the puppet master, well, yeah. sentient. Indeed, well, because they they talk about hacking people's ghosts yeah. in the anime, so it's it's a very very different thing. And because the, the the puppet master was created in section six, wasn't he? So he wasn't actually a a real thing. He was an AI that became self aware. He was experiment, whatever it was. Yeah, uh, five something. Whatever. And it was the first ever AI that then became sentient and yeah. then and went off and had its own existence. So yeah, I, I, I again not a huge fan of it. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was a, a very very slick looking, excellent sounding adaptation of the anime uh, and excellent set pieces from the anime held together with a frankly ridiculous plot yeah. um, which I, I suspected and worried that it might be yeah, um, yeah so essentially what they've done is they've, they've taken what is a story about AI and what it is to be human and, and turned it into what happens if you take someone's brain and stick it in a tin can yeah and I wasn't a fan. Yeah, like, they just to me it felt like they, they missed the point entirely. I agree with you. Visually, it looked amazing. Mm. I disagree with the sound. Like I thought, I thought Clint Mansell. He's usually really evocative in his soundtrack. I don't feel like he. I think quite he was, got it. I think he was trying very, very hard to make it sound like the original. Yeah, I, I just I didn't feel any connection to the music at all, which is okay. really weird. Because when his name flashed up in the credits, the yeah. stars like, oh, amazing, Clint Mansell. I kind of did, but I guess that's probably because I knew it was Clint Mansell, and maybe that was what gave me the emotive kick with it, rather yeah. than actually the music. But I, mean, I thought he did an amazing job. I thought it was it, it wonderfully echoed the original score, um, and then of course the you know the ending credits was the original score. Yeah. 
Um, I, I didn't save the end credits. I left. No. I've watched the film as soon as the credits started. I was gone. Right. Okay. Um, and yeah, they did reproduce some of the scenes from the manga, but they weren't necessarily in the same context. That's oh, only though they were in a completely different context. Different context. Yeah. Uh, and then I think one of the biggest issues is probably the whitewashing thing, and made worse by the twist at the end of the film where it mm. turns out that actually she was a Japanese girl and that they actually cast a Japanese girl mm. that kind of felt a little what's the word I'm looking for tone deaf mm. I think maybe um, however I read an interview in the Hollywood Reporter with four Japanese actresses and they were saying well actually you know if you ask Japanese male what the idea of a perfect woman is, it's going to be a white Western woman. Well, that's so the they're, they're, they're fighting about it on two fronts. Yeah, and I think a lot of the, the problems with, with it are that anime tends to be representations of Western ideals. So that the, the, the main characters in the anime don't look like they're overtly Japanese. No. In a lot of them, they're you know the kind of Final Fantasy esque, like swishy hair and very pale and tall, and it's it's that ideal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess one of well, in in terms of the casting, the biggest problem I think I had with it was the casting of of uh, Kuze. So the uh, the the experiment. Okay. Did you know? Did you clock who he was? No. He's little Henry Parker from season two of Dawson's Creek. He's the football quarterback that's in love with Jen that basically pulls a say anything for the whole of season two of Dawson's Creek. No, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not surprised you did in your recent rewatch of Dawson's Creek. Well, quite. But... <laughs> so I couldn't take him seriously as a bad guy because he's that wimpy little kid who. Follows Jen around, puppy dog eyes. I think I'd have rinsed the hell even more if I recognised that. <laughs> so yeah, because I I went to see it with Megan, and I was like, Megan, I just cannot take this bad guy seriously. And explain why. And she was like, Yeah, I can see that. Because <laughs> he's trying to do the gravelly voice and the kind of buff toned. No, he's the little wimpy kid from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I did spot it. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah that, that kind of ruined that, that like got rid of any kind of gravitas that that character had because it was like oh he's all shadowy and uh, oh I wonder who he is and then they did the reveal on his face and was like you're fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> and that was it oh I'm glad I I'm glad I didn't spot it man, to be fair uh, so yeah that was fun <laughs> um, but yeah I, so yeah, I, I doubt I'll be watching it again. I would never watch it again. And I don't think it'll be opening the floodgates for a whole host of other live-action versions of anime. No, although there is still a talk of Akira. There's always been talk of Akira. <laughs> yeah. Always. But that's still in the works. Oh. Well, it'll be in development hell, as it always has been. Yeah, it's going to get caught there even more now after this, I think. I, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I, just, I don't think it's going to... Take off at all. Well, I think the problem wouldn't be making it. The problem would be 
so much time has passed between when Ghost in the Shell and Akira came out and now mm. that there have been so many films that have done, done those stories better yeah and they're, they're, they're just too late in making the live action version because mm. they're never I mean visually it was good I'll give it that and I was trying to find something positive to say about it and visuals are where it is but like in terms of story so many films have tried to do it done it better mm. I think I found a lot of the augmented reality stuff a bit cluttered I think there was a bit too much of that possibly of all the kind of 3D holograms all over the, the cityscape and stuff yeah. I found that a bit much, but I thought I thought Bateau was excellent. I thought the guy playing Bateau yeah. was was he's on. Yeah, absolutely nailed it. Um, you know they did play it safe and didn't have him merge the major and the master into a sex bot at the end. Indeed, but, you know that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I thought I thought he was excellent, but again, I think it 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 didn't it missed a trick in in not introducing. The kind of conflict between section six and section nine, yeah. they only had section nine, yeah. Or was it section? I don't remember. They only had one of them, yeah. Um, and so you didn't have that conflict between two kind of warring arms of the same thing. There were a lot of layers from the manga that were missing, mm. that's why I mean, we're done down. It was a really, it was a really straightforward film, but. Yeah, and I think there was just like a, a lot of kind of two blatant setups of the spider tanks and things. It's like here is a spider tank, and then you, you got something else. Like I wonder why they showed us a spider tank. Oh yes, that's why. So they've got a reason for it turning up at the very end. Yeah. Oh well, missed so, opportunity. It very much a missed opportunity, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think that there were all, again other things they missed, like the the, the kind of. The, the fear that's there in the anime about the, this kind of cyborgs going underwater was not addressed at all. It was just she would happily float around, swim around in water. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in, in, in the anime, you kind of go, well, yeah, you're made completely of metal, so you'll sink. And you have to have kind of flotation devices to bring you back up to the surface. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot there that was, that was missing, which was a shame. So yeah, I think I think you're right. A missed opportunity, I yeah. think. But I mean, I I'd still give it a kind of, between a five and a six, I think, out of ten. Really? As a film of its own merit, if I hadn't known so much and loved the original so much, I think you know it's an okay kind of cyberpunk thriller because it is a thriller. It's not a, it's not really anything else. It's it's more of a whodunit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. In its own right. Not as an adaptation, but as it's, as a film of its, of its own, it's straight down the middle. Yeah, it's I think so. Yeah. Perfectly bland and average. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's as damning a review as we can give, I suppose. Well, yeah. Yeah. I I guess I could have I could have given it a lot worse, but yeah. you know, in the cold light of day, I think it was it was okay for what it was, but it wasn't what it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Cool. Cool. So, on TV stuff that we've been watching recently then. I've watched the entirety of a series called 13 Reasons Why. Now, I know about Netflix. it because Megan said she watched the first episode of it and then went, what the hell is this? Yeah. So, what what is the premise? It follows um, 
the events following the suicide of a student called Hannah Baker at a school. Um, and the, the principal hero of the, of the piece is this boy called Clay, who was one of her classmates. And a couple of weeks after her suicide, he finds a box on his doorstep. And in that box are 13, well, 13 cassettes. And he listens to them, and each one is about a person. They're recorded by Hannah just before her death. And they are telling the story of her life so far at that school and how every person on, if, they, if you're on one of the tapes, you are one of the reasons why she killed herself. Mm -hmm. And that started me, like it, it was a really interesting idea. So I stuck with it uh, and I stuck it out to the end of the series because I think that suicide is a tricky subject to cover, but it is absolutely a necessary subject to cover. Um, I think kids growing up in high schools and colleges today have so much pressure and stress on them, and suicide rates are rising, alarmingly so, that it needs to be tackled to some degree in popular culture to, I don't know, have to start the debate I yeah, guess to start the discussion on it we, we, we said this after Robin Williams suicide yeah, a few yeah. years back um, however I'm not sure they've done it particularly well um, the character of Hannah goes through an awful lot of shit and to the credit of the show it's an 18 pretty much every episode uh, episode 9 and episode 12 and episode 13, the final one, actually have warnings at the start of the episode saying, viewer discretion advised, you know, this episode will contain scenes of uh, violent sexual assault. And then, obviously, her suicide, which I couldn't watch. I had to skip past that because I just didn't want to watch it. Mm. <laughs> um, and she's gone through an awful lot of shit, but I'm not really sure how I feel about her making these tapes. Mm. Doesn't feel from someone who's you know lost friends to suicide. Mm. It doesn't feel like the sort of thing that someone without any hope would leave behind. Mm. It feels I don't know. It just feels kind of wrong, and also it kind of. To me, it kind of makes it seem like after you've been bullied that bad or subjected to that much violence, suicide is the only option. And for some people, they do think that and, and they would go through with suicide. But there are any number of people who haven't been subjected to horrendous violence or bullying who are still just as alone mm. and still just as depressed and still just as likely to consider suicide and it didn't really it didn't really look at like general causes of suicide mm. but just extreme causes yeah just very, yeah so it's yeah this is the absolute worst things that yeah. could possibly happen and thus lead towards this yeah. as opposed to you know people with normal depression just the absolute bleakness of humanity and, and yeah yeah so that for me was 
a bit of a, a, a misstep in the story um, because it's yeah as objectively horrifying as the shit she went through was that's that's that's, that's not a, a threshold for suicide mm. you have to reach this much shit in your life before you kill yourself mm. that, that, that's that's not it um, and they, they kind of missed that point there um, and also by the end she's not a particularly sympathetic character mm. I didn't find much sympathy towards her um, until the last two episodes and then I was just like fuck what the shit but like the first 11 episodes I didn't really feel much um, it's it's worth a watch it's not an easy watch you know it certainly doesn't sound it yeah you know what I'm like with binge watching mm. shows this this took a week right this took a week to get through and it was like yeah I saw the warnings I was just like yeah you know what I just can't I can't face this episode right now and just turn it off and watch something else um, it's good to a to a point um, I'm seeing a lot on, on a lot of memes at the moment uh, and a lot of clips and I'm kind of thinking well I feel like people showing the memes of it are kind of missing the point of it mm. and it looks like the message about trying to find help for people with suicidal thoughts has been lost to the drama of it all mm. and it looks like the second, second, the second season to be a school shooting story and the aftermath of that and like, well, can we at least try and deal with the parents and the friends now that these tapes have come out mm. to everybody and find some sort of support for them? Um, but yeah, it's worth a watch if you've got the stomach for it. Okay. Well, I, I think I'll give it a go. I mean, it, it sounds a bit like something like Quarry or um, True Detective or something that was just quite bleak and you yeah. like watch a couple of episodes and you just need to have. have Bit of, bit of a hug with someone <laughs> before you can carry on. There was a, a TV movie, I think it's called A Girl Like Her, a couple of years ago. That was on Netflix as well. And that looked at um, a girl's suicidal attempt. Uh, I think that covered it a lot better. That that looked at... Because they, they shot it like a, a mockumentary. And um, that approached the issue in a much more sensitive much more thoughtful way whereas this is definitely played for the drama yeah okay it's interesting it's, it's a Netflix show so it's, they're definitely pushing boundaries yeah yeah that's where I am with that okay so by contrast there is the utter stupidity of these <laughs> mystery science theatre 3000 yeah. and there's a reason why I went this way round about reviews <laughs> so I, do you know much about it at all so this is the one where they watch old B-movies, right? Yeah. Okay. So it, it it continues a series that's been running since the 80s. This is like season 13, but it's been rebooted via Kickstarter and, and going on, on Netflix. And it's a whole new cast involved in it. Uh, some of the characters are descendants of the old characters because it's wrapped in a very, very loose plot. Okay. Uh, the very, very loose plot is that Jonah... Uh, I can't remember what his character's name is, but it's Jonah Ray, who's one of the nerdiest yeah. guys... Uh, is a spaceship pilot and he's, he's carrying some 
minerals from asteroids back towards Earth uh, to a company who's, again, whose name I've forgotten, but Will Wheaton works for them. Uh, and then on the way, he receives a distress call from the dark side of the moon and has to go around there. And he's been lured there by Felicia Day and uh, Peyton Oswald. Oh, uh, man. Okay. <laughs> who uh, basically want to experiment on his brain and drive him mad by making him sit and watch old shitty horror movies uh, with them kind of monitoring his every move while he does it. That is the loose plot. Uh, now there's a whole bunch of kind of cutscenes and things that happen as an intro to the films and then in between the films they stop for advert breaks which you don't need hands because it's on Netflix so they, they force ad breaks in the middle <laughs> uh, where they do cutscenes of them with kind of laser cut things and, and they explain things that have been happening in the films and so it, it's, it's Jonah and two robots which is Tom Servo so three robots there's Tom Servo uh, Gladys and I can't remember the other one's name so yeah, one, one looks like a chicken made out of a bubblegum dispenser the other one is made of a catcher's meat, and then there's a the other one that comes down from the ceiling that looks like a giant vacuum cleaner. Uh, and so it's, it's three of them sat watching really bad old shitty movies and doing a commentary along with them. So it, yeah, it's, it's kind of stand-up <laughs> comics, and they provide like alternate lines to things. So you can fully hear all the dialogue of the film, and you see the whole film. But they kind of talk over it and and give like audio descriptive bits of it. And there are some shockingly bad films in there. Okay. So it, uh, episode one is a, a B movie called Reptilicus, which is about uh, a giant dinosaur a giant regenerating dinosaur that's dug up out of the ice and attempts to destroy Copenhagen <laughs> okay <laughs> so that yeah that's the plot of that one and then the second one is by far the worst film I have ever seen in my entire life and I've seen some shockers okay this is called cry wilderness and it's about a boy who's at boarding school and he goes to the Natural History Museum and there's a Yeti and he tells his teacher that he knows he knows the, the, the Yeti personally, he met him last summer when he was out with his dad his dad's a park ranger in the arse end of nowhere and then the, the teacher gets all upset and uh, threatens to expel him for lying and stuff and then inexplicably while he's in bed the Yeti turns up at his window at night and yells your dad's in danger to which he legs it from the school and hitchhikes his way to like Northwest America somewhere in a truck. And then the entire plot revolves around him, his dad, some weird Rambo wannabe, and uh, the least convincing Indian you've ever seen, uh, <laughs> running around the woodlands trying to find something that's killing off people and animals and all sorts of things, uh, which may or may not be the Yeti. But the Yeti's real and knows Paul, and uh, Paul is a little kid who runs off and gets into all sorts of danger, and then tigers turn up, and it, it, it is, it's just utterly, utterly awful. There's okay. entire scenes that happen in the afterlife, and it, it's, it's truly, truly appalling. But their, <laughs> their commentary on it is absolutely wonderful. 
I'm gonna have to watch it just to see if it's really that bad. Because oh, I've set the bar pretty low. Like Cherry Falls and Wrong Turn are two of the worst ones I've ever seen. No, like, no, seriously. Crime Wilderness. Uh, I would say a good thirty percent of the film is stock footage from wildlife documentaries. No. That is intercut with random bits of acting, oh, and so it lame. is single-handedly the worst ADR I have ever seen on a film. Oh. Bear in mind, I've marked student films, <laughs> so I might have said words inadvertently. Yeah. Um. But the, the, the scariest thing about this film is that A, somebody actually wrote it, and, yeah. and B, somebody thought it was a good idea to make a fucking film out of it. Um, yeah. But anyway, it, it, and then there's a whole bunch more. There's another one called The Time Travelers from the same guy who wrote Reptilicus. And then there's a Star Wars knockoff, which I think I saw many, many years ago with David Hasselhoff and Christopher Plummer. Oh, my word. Uh, it's a 70s one. Uh, it was 1978, so it was a year after Star Wars that they rushed out this yeah. horrid version of Star Wars. So how long are the episodes? They're like an hour and a half. Okay. So the films are probably an hour and 10 to an hour and 20. And then you've got all the, the cutscenes in between but yeah they're, they're absolutely fabulous and truly truly hilarious okay. so do watch them. I mean there's some that I've seen the films before like Avalanche is one which is um, oh, is it Mia Farrow and Rip Torn <laughs> <laughs> oh there's a combo <laughs> uh, it's a uh, disaster movie at a, a ski resort <laughs> I will get around to it Oh, I will have to watch it. So I've only seen half of the season so far, so I still I still have a good five or six other films to watch yet. Uh, and apparently Mark Hamill turns up in, in one of them. But the, the guest cast is amazing. So obviously Neil Patrick Harris turns up at one point and does a, a song duet with Felicia Day. And obviously. It, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's truly, truly brilliant. So I mean, I think if you like anything done by any of the geek and sundry yeah. and... Nerdist yeah, and people like that, then you just have to watch it because it's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been re watching Elementary and I finally got around to watching Magicians. Mm. So you now I'm catching up now. So yeah, this will just go on the list. Yeah, do it. You, you, on the yeah. List. Uh, yeah, Cry Wilderness is the second out of, okay. out of the episode. So you, you only have to watch Reptilicus first. Reptilicus is okay, it's not a brilliant film. I'm just going to let you know, right, that I tend to binge watch stuff. Like way into the early hours of the morning. So mm. if it's that shit and it's two thirty in the morning, that's not going to stop me texting you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I, I will likely be up watching Reptilicus again, <laughs> or Cry Free, or Cry Wilderness. I've actually watched it twice now. Yeah, already. Oh, I've Jesus. watched that episode twice. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> and it is that bad the second time as well. You yeah. to yourself. <laughs> I do indeed. So yes, that that's Mystery Science Theatre three thousand. Cool. Watch it, and then yeah, but, uh, I think I, I'm going to have to go back and try and find some of the earlier seasons and try and watch those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you Megan came in while I was watching it and thought I was watching an eighties kids TV show because that's how it looks. It's like really bad cardboard models uh, in kind of stop motion animation flying about in a kind of Thunderbirds type way. Uh, it, it's just genius <laughs> mate I'm going to check it out ok so on, on to slightly more serious matters 
Doctor Who. You know what? We're two episodes in. What do you reckon? I'm loving it. I'm loving it as well. It's I, brilliant. I would say, like, the new showrunner, best piece of advice you can ever, ever be given would be, write this season yeah. like it's your last season. Yeah, indeed. Do it like this, not like the couple before. Yeah. Don't don't plan on having a second uh, season or a third season. This is your one and only season. Write it like that. Yeah. Because the last two episodes... Well, they're two for two, yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, I loved the pilot. I thought that story was great. I thought the villain part of it was secondary mm. to a larger degree, but the fact that they made it water, mm. and they made it something that kids could see every single day. Well, it was kind of well. that Waters of Mars type yeah. thing, wasn't it? It was very similar, I, th- yeah. I felt, to Waters of Mars. Um, mm. But then I also think they've given an ultimate get-out for Bill there's ever any imminent threat of death then she can turn up in a heartbeat from anywhere in space and time and pick her up and whisk her off yeah. they've, they've, they've basically said that it can follow her through time yeah it can and space anywhere so yeah I, I think that that might be a little bit of foreshadowing maybe maybe um, um, and then Pearl Mackey as Bill like, brilliant yeah, she's awesome yep yeah. she's normal thank yeah. fuck she's normal yeah it's brilliant she's great uh, and the doctor actually hit it on hit it on the head that when when she's curious she smiles mm. I love everything about her character yeah I still have some little problems with plot points so the last episode about the sentient robots and stuff what did you think at the end of how he resolved that? What, take off and back on again? Well, essentially wiping their memories. Uh, wiping the memories. He took a sentient race and wiped all of their memories. Yeah, I hadn't considered it that way, right? <laughs> you know, he's kind of going, okay, yes, you're, you're a sentient race, you need to speak to these people and, and make your way forward. And the way he did it was to wipe their memories. I thought that was the shittiest thing he could ever have done. Well, didn't he just wipe the memories of humanity and their purpose there? Isn't that what he took away? No, he took away pretty much everything. Because they their thing was all about making humans happy. Yeah, but that had gone way too far. But but that was what turned them into what they were. And then he wiped it. What a dick, actually, yeah. <laughs> So I, I had massive issues with that at the end of the... I was like, well, wait a minute, that's really fucking out of order. I think I have more issues with the fact that I didn't notice that. I mean, I think, you know, he, he could have wiped the human memories of it and then the humans could have dealt with them or done some kind of groovy reprogramming that stopped them being murderous. But no, he just literally swept it all under the carpet. Fuck. So I was like, that's utterly wrong. Fuck. Well, that's just me, I guess. Jeez. No, well, yeah, well, didn't even, didn't even twig. Yeah, I, I was a bit annoyed. Ah. But other than that, I think it's great. I think, yeah, that, <laughs> that was just, a, that, that was a plot point. But I think as far as the characters are working between each other and the situation they're being put in, great. It was just that ridiculous, yeah. not quite deus ex machine moment at the end. Fair enough. Like, 
got my back up a little. Um, but yeah, and as it turns out, the, the watery Dalek, the one, the, the Dalek that was made of water, yeah. did I tell you that was John Davy? John Davy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the Revenants as well, which I misidentified on Twitter. Uh, I got corrected by uh, Dave Golder. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, my bad. Do I have to sell my geek card back in there? So, yes, I'm thoroughly enjoying it and I'm looking forward to what the rest of the series has to yeah. offer. But now, on to the big speculation that it is going to regenerate before the end of the season and the fact that most people are putting money on it now. Well, they've suspended the betting on it being Chris Marsh. Well, firstly, BBC is saying he will regenerate in the Christmas episode, but there are scenes of his regeneration in the trailer for this series. Yes, so will it be that he's regenerated it regenerates at the start of the Christmas episode and the Christmas episode is Chris Marshall's first one possibly because um, Kavadi said he's filmed his last scenes has he filmed the Christmas episode I wouldn't have thought so not this far ahead perhaps not um, so my money's on the regeneration happening at the end of this season then replaying and the Christmas episode being his first as the new Doctor. Yeah. And do you think it is Chris Marshall or do you think that's just a, a lot of sleight of hand? I don't know. I mean, my, my first my first reaction on seeing that, on that news was, oh dear God, no, please anyone but him. Really? I quite like him. I, I, I can't see him as anything other than Nick from my family. Well, indeed, and I love Nick from my family. Yeah, I think Nick from my family is great, but I don't think he's a Doctor. Well, However, having seen him in later stuff now, I mean, I, I loved him in Death in Paradise. He was fantastic in that, yeah, and a whole bunch it. of other stuff I've seen him in recently as well. So I'm I, I'm more than happy with him doing it because I think he's he's progressed a lot from there. Fair enough. But what I will say is that um, I don't think anyone was happy with Capaldi. I was. I was, but I was, but not the way he was announced. <laughs> I wasn't happy with the way he was announced. The way he was announced was terrible. Having yeah. a fucking show to unveil the doctor. Um, well, it wasn't necessarily just about the show. It was all about the pointless wittering around it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was happy with Capaldi. But yeah, going through my, going through my Twitter feed on that day, was seeing all the Doctor Who fans raging against Chris Marshall. I was like, I'm not going to join in because, like, we've been here before mm. and been proven wrong. I mean, he wouldn't be my first choice. And in fact, we've done our casting for Doctor Who many times, and he's never been on any of our lists. No. Um, but I didn't get involved because I will give him a chance. Yeah, indeed. People didn't like Matt Smith or David Tennant. Well, when they were announced, yeah, yeah. indeed, and then yeah. they came on board and, and look know, how they did. proved to be some of the most popular ones ever. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it will. He will be judged. I will judge him on his first episode. Mm. And I'll watch it. If, I, if there's anything, one minute of a scene where he's a doctor, where he's the doctor, then I'll just go, yeah, okay, legit. Because it happened with Matt Smith, it happened with Capaldi, it happened with Tennant. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But, yeah, you know, good to see the playing is, you know, safe. <laughs> so, I guess, upcoming stuff, we've got Guardians next week. Guardians. Well, it will be out. When's this episode coming out? This episode will be out on Friday. Yeah. So it'll be out. This episode is out. Yeah. 
So Guardians of the Galaxy is, is out. So by the time you're listening to this, Brendan will definitely have seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I will not possibly have seen it because I'm going to Cardiff. We got off to the Doctor Who uh, right. uh, exhibition on at the weekend. So you know, I may end up watching Guardians while we're over in Cardiff or beforehand. I don't know. So we'll see. I would have been a bit like Premiere, premier, so I'll have seen it. Um, so look at my Twitter for reactions. Uh, it'll be spoiler free, I promise. Um, what else? Uh, well, we're coming up towards season finales of pretty much everything. Yeah, well, we just had to find the expanse, haven't we? Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, a couple of great set pieces and that. Um, it didn't end where I thought it was going to. I, I I thought it was going to end a bit further down the line, but I'm I'm, I'm happy with where it is. I'm glad Gunny became useful, like that. She, uh, she was the most useless Martian ever and then the last couple of episodes when she got when she claimed asylum I was like okay you're doing something now and then when she started kicking ass yeah that was cool um, yeah and she gets a suit back yeah I'm not sure what's going on on Venus <laughs> like I know you read on so you know what's yeah. coming got no idea but when I saw that scene I was like the fuck does happened um, I loved the way they dealt with the pro-monocule beast on top of the Rosamata. Yeah, yeah. Rosamata, rather. Um, I liked that whole that whole sequence. The characters are really, really starting to gel. Yeah. Well, I think I think I was a little bit surprised that it was such a kind of small finale, in my opinion. That it was all it was on the Rosamata and dealing with the proto molecule thing. It felt really small for a season finale. Yeah, until that last scene. Until the big reveal. Until the big reveal. Yeah. Scene. Um, I love Amos's character. Amos is the, he's totally my favourite yeah. character. <laughs> Beyond a shadow of a doubt. He still is an O on book six and he's still my favourite character. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's just a fantastic And Avasarol, of course. She's genius. She's uh, I think I've said it before, but she's a lot more sweary in the books, so I'm I'm hoping she gets swearier as the show goes on. Fingers crossed. Good afternoon. Uh, she's uh, awesome. Yeah. And the Walking Dead finally, finally's been and gone. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Time for war. Yeah. Yeah. Whole bunch of meh. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't. They were, they e- were, even all of the toing and throwing and, and backstabbing and everything, I was just like, yeah, whatever. This season's been a complete. Yeah. There's just been no drama to it. There's been no tension or anything. It's just been oh for fuck's sake, get on with it. So yeah, this could be the year that I walk away from it. If I'm honest. Yeah. I again, I will probably stick with it just because I'm that kind of person. I don't give up on shows very easily. It takes a lot, but yeah, I think like after everyone tuned in for episode one to see Negan execute two fan favourites. And then the rest of the season just had no payoff from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're probably pretty picky. But I think when you watch as many shows as we do. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think it, it's got to do something to grip you. Yeah. And again, you know, I think we've said it before that with, even with big kind of event shows like Marvel or whatever, if they don't grip you from the outset, that, you know, because you're a big popular show does not give you license to meander for two hours yeah. before you fucking do anything. Yeah, and, and I think we 
rightfully criticise Shadow 2 that. Yeah. Whether they are Marvel or not, I mean, just because you have things. 12 hours to tell a story rather than two doesn't mean you should waste several hours yeah. of doing fuck all. And we know that The Walking Dead, when they choose to go sparse, can do it well. They've done it really well in the past. I just, yeah, this season just seemed to miss a couple of beats. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least you got to see the tiger do something. Yeah, so have you seen the, uh, the non CGI? versions of that no apparently it's it's well I've seen it it's, it's a dude in a blue suit amazing and he just literally <laughs> throws himself at people so oh brilliant it is just a guy that on all fours hurling himself at other actors oh. it's genius oh, you've got to watch amazing. it alright <laughs> yeah Walking Dead just, just search for it on YouTube or whatever it's Walking Dead uh, I can't remember the, the tiger's name it's pre-CGI Oh, just do just, all of just do all of next season like that, and I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, just a dude in a in a bright blue suit hurling himself at people. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, okay, and so yeah, I guess yeah, there'll be summer shows. We'll be back. I'll be looking forward to Killjoys. That's one of my favourite summer shows. We're very very happy when that comes back. Do enjoy me some Killjoys. I'm just looking forward to American Ghost this week. Oh hell yeah, yeah, that's first of May, isn't it? 30th of April in the US, but it'll be 1st of May on Amazon Prime in the yeah. UK. Yeah. So that'll be me next Monday. Yeah. Watching the shit out of that. I, it turned up on my Instagram feed all week of Cat Neho and um, Neil Gaiman and everyone, just the pictures of just the opening thing, and they're sat there with popcorn. I'm like, damn you! Like, I want to see it. Every review that I've skimmed so far has been universally positive. Um, yeah. it, it can't not be it, yeah. it's got to be amazing there are no two ways about it apparently the first season is the first third of the book it is yeah so I think the first two seasons are supposed I think well from what I read a very long time ago the first two seasons cover the events of the book and then where it goes after that I don't know because there are offshoots there's a Nancy Boys and then there's yeah. other Shadow stories later so we know it can continue it's just how it's Paris. going to and the comics out as well, um, uh, yeah, which has been a kind of a disappointment for me because Diamond didn't send the comics through to Hide and Geek, yeah. so it was on my pull list, and I went in to get it a few weeks ago, and issue one hadn't turned up because Diamond hadn't sent it through, issue two's out of stock, so like I got issue one on back That's order, it. yeah, which is a real shame because Hide and Geek, dude, my my pull list is massive, lots of different titles coming in. Um, Oh, speaking of which, Amory Wars, how is it? The new one. I haven't cracked the spine in it yet. Oh, dude. I haven't cracked the spine in it, but yeah. Because I went to it, because I got an email through saying, order it and you get all this cool stuff. And I went and filled in all my details. I was like, oh, and I get all six of them and I get a variant cover and I get all this cool stuff. And I had to put my credit card details in. They were not available in the UK. Yeah. Damn you! Yeah, I haven't cracked the back of it. Like, I was I was utterly utterly gutted because I was really looking forward to that. I was going to get an awesome package of all the things, and and I was denied. Uh, my my reading pile, my comics at the moment is probably a foot tall. Mm. I've got like Lucifer to catch up on. Um, I still got like Yakuza Demon Killers to catch up on. Mayday, Violent Love, uh, Reborn. I mean, those are finished now. They're like limited print runs. Um, obviously, American Gods going to be going in this soon. 
reading a book at the book called Grass Kings, which is pretty cool. It's about life in sort of this trailer park. It's kind of got a true detective vibe to it. Okay. Um, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, so Amory Wars issue one is is in that pile at the moment. Um, but it's not making any progress. So many comics to read, so little time. Oh, and on, the, on, on a note of comics, I've got to say hi to uh, my, my trench warfare mate, John Late. <laughs> that was so weird. So where was it? Because I saw this post on Facebook. Yeah. Where was that? Uh, it was at Warwick Castle. We were in the Horrible Histories maze, and there was a bit of it that was World War One trenches. And I turned around the corner and bumped into John Lane. He <laughs> <laughs> was there with his family for a day out. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, man. Uh, speaking of John Lane, then, uh, Free Chrome Book Day is coming up. It's the 6th of May. Mm-hmm. I'm working, so I can't go down to the shop. Gutting. So, if Sai has very kindly said, let me know which titles you like, and I might put some by for you. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so yeah. I, I guess yeah, we've got well, I guess there are more events coming up. There'll be MCM in May, UK Games Expo in June. Um, yeah, maybe a bunch of others in between. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Going to be around. So yeah, so. keep an eye on that on the Twitter feeds and on the various social media channels, and yeah. we'll keep you updated as to where we are. You can follow me. On Twitter at, at Nerd versus World and at Spindly One for Spindles. And at the Wonky Spanner as well. And well, yeah, that's all for this episode. Until next time. Oh, you fucked it up. Right up. <laughs> that's all for this episode. I've been Redden. I've been Spindles. And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> I thought that one right up. <laughs> <laughs>